Hello and welcome back to the I'm With Her podcast, hosted by me, that's Izzy, and her, Cal. Hi! Ugh, that came out a little bit weird, but we'll go with it. (laughs) The first story we will talk about today is from one of our members who shared her first-hand account of the pressure to breastfeed straight after birth. And it got us thinking about the treatment of women in the immediate moment before and after birth, but also those suffering from PTSD after delivery. I just felt immense empathy for her. Mm. Um, She explained that hours after her birth, she was being put under enormous pressure to breastfeed while her newborn daughter was clearly distressed and really hungry. she wasn't able to breastfeed and it just left her feeling like a complete failure as a woman and as a mother. What's clear from her experience and the other mothers in the group is that regardless of whether breastfeeding is the most natural or breast is best, the pressure, especially in the immediate aftermath of of a difficult pregnancy um, and and or birth um, for people with a history of trauma, can actually cause immense emotional distress, especially when interactions with professionals feel judgmental or dismissive. Um, Callie, what did you think of this story? Oh, well, this one, I have to say, really rang very true to me and my experience of breastfeeding, uh, especially after a traumatic second birth. If I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Izzy, I read the post and I I went and had a little cry um, before I even sort of responded um, you know, and it was it was a cry both for me and it was obviously a cry for the poster as well, because I really felt so much of, of what she'd she'd written. And I felt that sadness and I felt that pain. And, you know, and I think you've really touched on it. What isn't spoken about is how enormous the pressure to breastfeed is. You know, suddenly you're expected to provide enough nutrients to sustain another human life using only your body, which is a huge thing. Um, you know, we're told constantly that it improves IQ. We're told it protects the baby's immune system. So over and over again, we're told that every woman can breastfeed. It's natural. Everybody can do it. Very few people can't breastfeed. And it's actually vanishingly rare that there's a real reason for you not to be able to breastfeed. So there's a lot of pressure to breastfeed at all costs. I'll tell you a little bit about my experience of breastfeeding. So after my first child was born, uh, nearly 11 years ago, I breastfed without too much issue, to be honest. I genuinely enjoyed it for the most part. Um, Immediately after birth, he was placed and he immediately started feeding. I I never really struggled with the kind of original latch. You know, it all felt very natural. Um, After about the first week or so, my husband and I decided to do mixed feeding, which is something that isn't spoken about very often, but is a lifesaver, um, which is where we supplemented my breastfeeding with formula um, so that it meant my husband could feed him. And it meant because he was an insatiably hungry baby. I mean, this child would literally feed for three hours at a time. Um, It meant that, for example, I could sometimes sleep or, you know, replenish. Um, And he was wonderful at that because he was very greedy. So he was quite happy to have breast or bottle, whatever was coming his way. He would just gobble it all up. Um, So actually, I was doing exactly what you should be doing. I was breastfeeding him. Admittedly, mostly for me, it was comfort um, from the bottle was actual sustenance. But we were were working our way through it very well. It worked very well for me. Um, However, I and I at the time I lived in quite a um a liberal hippie town uh and there were a lot of arched eyebrows at the mother and baby groups if um I got out a bottle and I often would have to go you know I am breastfeeding him as well um but I actually really struggled to breastfeed in public because 
I'm quite little. Um, he was quite a big baby. And I had to hold him in this sort of bizarre rugby ball shape draped around my body, which means that you can't really do that without exposing quite a lot of booby. Um, so obviously, if I'm sitting in a Costa Coffee, I don't necessarily want to be naked from the waist up trying to wrestle my baby into a rugby ball pose. So we found our way through it. And I did feel a certain amount of judgment, but I had the justification that I was also breastfeeding him. So that was allowed to pass without too much incident. Um, you then fast forward seven years. Uh, um, my youngest was born by a C-section. Um, I'm not going to go into the details here, but there was a number of reasons why it was an incredibly traumatic birth and one that I was very unprepared for the impact of. So as a result, um, as often happens with C-sections anyway, um, my milk didn't come in um, for a number of days after he was born. I desperately, desperately tried to breastfeed him. I pumped for hours. Um, you know, I hand expressed. I tried to squeeze colostrum out. Um, I was endlessly trying to push my, my swollen breasts into his mouth. I can remember sitting there in the dark in his nursery one day with the, you know, the moonlight coming through the curtain and just weeping, begging him to just feed from me because I just felt like such a failure, such a failure as a mother, especially because he was born via C-section. So we're already told that they're not getting the natural flora and fauna that they would if they were having a traditional vaginal birth. So I already felt like a failure. I hadn't protected him because I hadn't given birth to him through my vagina. Um, then I wasn't feeding him with my own milk. So already, and then of course he had jaundice. So I thought that was my fault because I hadn't been able to breastfeed. Um, and it was horrific. And I would later find out that I was diagnosed with um, po post-traumatic stress disorder as well as postnatal depression. Um, and some of that, I have to say, was very bound up in my feelings of utter, utter failure and self-hatred about not being able to breastfeed him. I was so obsessed with trying to breastfeed that I actually feel like it it got in the way a little bit of our bonding time because that was all I focused on. All I focused on was that. And actually what I should have done is just been able to enjoy my baby um, and keep him fed. And that was the most important thing. And actually I was quite lucky. I had a couple of um, actually colleagues who all, we all got pregnant around the same time and actually all ended up having C-sections. Um, and I deeply admire both these women. They're very, all the things I'm not, very no-nonsense, very practical, <laughs> you know, not hysterical at all people. Um, and every, both of them were just like, do you know what? Just, just don't worry about it. Just just get the bottle out. It really doesn't matter. Don't feel so bad. And the fact I think that they both had C-sections as well, it kind of allowed me to forgive myself a little bit. But I, uh, you know, I struggled for a really long time. And I, my experience and, and other mothers who've, who've, who've gone down a formula route for whatever reason, or who've struggled to breastfeed, even if they have managed to plough through, um, I think breastfeeding has become quite a moralised choice. I think there is... Um, you know, it hasn't necessarily become normalised so much as become moralised and the idea that, you know, you know, exactly this breast is best, um, which is, I'm sure, absolutely true. And I'm not discounting that. And the bond of being able to breastfeed is so valuable and so wonderful. And having done both, you know, I absolutely do treasure those memories with my first child and the closeness that we felt and the power that I felt in doing that and I'm not going to diminish that but there are a number of reasons um you know around especially things like trauma where you may be physically able to breastfeed but that doesn't mean that you're able to breastfeed and I don't think that's spoken about enough and I think what it leads to is women in very vulnerable parts of their lives especially first-time mums you know you don't know you don't know what you're doing your whole life has completely changed um and all of this additional pressure, I don't think, I don't think helps with a mum's mental health. And surely that should be the primary thing is protecting 
their health, their well-being, because you can't care for a newborn if you yourself are broken. Yeah, wow, you just summed it up so um, so brilliantly there. Thank you for sharing your account. I know that people are going to really benefit from that. And it actually just made me think, um, a friend of mine recently had a baby, and I remember her telling me that her fear wasn't about the birth, her fear was about the breastfeeding. And um, she was able to do a course beforehand to prepare her, but that was the thing that was causing her the, mo- the most anxiety beforehand, which if you think about it, there's there's some unproportionate <laughs> uh, levels of impact here, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And actually, well, I wasn't going to talk about this, but just as you mentioned about trauma and that sort of thing, I um, I have a very complicated relationship with my breasts and my nipples especially, and I've, I sort of have this thing, and I don't know where it is, where it comes from yet or anything like that, but I have moments where if they're touched by my partner or myself or, or anything um, when I'm not mentally prepared for it, I have a quite a visceral reaction to it, almost violent yeah. reaction to it, wanting to protect myself and push whatever it is away from myself. And so the idea of having a a baby need to latch on the amount that it does whenever it needs to um, really, really freaks me out. And I haven't been through the experience of having a baby, but I I definitely think that that could be quite triggering for me um, if I wasn't able to to manage it. And and yeah, there's no sort of no conclusion to that comment, but it just kind of made me realize that actually like you said, just because you physically can produce milk doesn't mean that you can breastfeed. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, what you bring up there is is really interesting and really does highlight that there are very often things that unexplored reasons why you may have a reaction to something that you you yourself are not physically or fully aware of and for example with my first child um the breastfeeding journey was pretty good I hated myself that I didn't do it constantly you know I was annoyed that I had to supplement with formula but we really did have that experience and I stopped breastfeeding he um, got his first tooth all very cute it was all fine I literally stopped breastfeeding the day that he bit me while he was feeding. Um, and I can remember people sort of, almost, you know, laughing about it. And I'd sort of tell it as a funny story. You know, oh, yeah. In, in actuality, that that was a, a horrendous trauma response. I literally, from that point on, I couldn't physically cope with breastfeeding him. Um, but even that, I minimised my experience of it. I made it into a joke. I made it palatable for people. And in actuality, you know, this is very much what we're talking about until we we dig down into people's actual stories, until we listen to what has actually happened to that individual. You can't possibly tell a woman, oh yes, of course, everyone can breastfeed, because actually, no. And psychological reasons why you can't breastfeed are no less valid than a physical reason. You know, I think we need to stop dividing these things up between the two. So, you know, I guess... Yes. My question is, what what can be done? How can we help new mums? You know, what how can we make this more normal? Because what we don't want to do is, of course, we don't want to discourage people from breastfeeding. Um, we don't want to appear like that's that's what's happening here because it's absolutely not. But we also need to understand that breastfeeding does have limitations and does have issues for women. Yes, and much like many of our conversations in the group and on this podcast, we're 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 sort of talking about the unfavorable side of of people's experiences the ones that are difficult to talk about and uh, we're not telling anybody what to do or giving advice but just telling our stories I suppose um research actually shows that up to 34 percent of new mothers have reported experiencing a traumatic childbirth which has impacted on their ability to breastfeed 
It's a huge number. That is a big um, number. And I imagine it's probably more than that, to be honest. But yeah, I'll take 34%. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, some of those risk factors that can lead to either delayed or being unable to breastfeed include a stressful labour and delivery, unscheduled cesarean births and psych- psychosocial stress and, and pain as well as... The other thing is the poor attitudes from health staff. Now... I absolutely want to say here that I have a huge amount of respect for nurses and the work that they do and the pressures that they are under. This is not a conversation um, where we are attacking or blaming the professionals as a whole. Um, there are some fabulous people out there. But it is fair to say that um, you know this post caught the attention of a lot of people in the group who had similar experiences. So it definitely feels like there's a breakdown in effective care for whatever the reason might be, and that there are a huge number of new mums here who are feeling the impact. And um, yeah, as I said before, this is another conversation for I'm with her because it's one that isn't being given enough attention that it needs. I agree. Um, so what happens when we don't talk about these? breastfeeding limitations and and focus instead on encouraging women to keep trying harder it's turning women crazy and often at the most physically and emotionally vulnerable time in their lives um so this highlights to me the importance of consistency of advice and skills of health professionals of listening and understanding women's responses to to um early breastfeeding and and giving encouragement and support and a mindful and patient centered way and I think the key here yeah yeah is that you know from my point of view I think we forget very often with mums and new babies that the patient here is the mother and it should be considered that the the mother is the most important person in this because without the mother's health and well-being um you know then actually a baby will will not thrive um and I think very often the patient is is often considered to be the baby what's best for baby how do we help baby and actually we help baby by helping mum that's how we help them Absolutely. This podcast has been recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. We take inspiration from the rich history of storytelling within the cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and respect their endless resilience and strength. 